Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of No Reserve, Hegarty's podcast about the enthusiast car market. Now we're here to help you make sense of the market, whether you're buying, selling, or simply watching. Now we've got a fun show this week. We've talked about, I think, one of the most undervalued racing pedigree 60s Ferrari, a Chevy Blazer with a camper, the Honda that was the beachhead car for it in the U.S., and also an incredible Dodge Viper. Now, I'm Larry Webster. I'm editor of Haggerty Media, and I'm joined by Dave Kinney, publisher of the Haggerty Price Guide. Now, between the two of us, we have decades of experience buying, selling, and driving the cars we love. Plus, we just we don't just guess at the values. We're backed by the data of the Haggerty Valuation Tool. Well, everybody, we're filming this on Wednesday, July 12th. Um, Dave, first I want to talk about um, a thing that was on the Haggerty website. You were really involved in this, and it's this idea that cars you could buy new and then turn around and flip is softening quite a bit. Why don't you explain it, please? So a lot of people bought uh, all kinds of cars new, and because of uh, you know all the delays that they've had in getting new cars out, uh, um, you know from a Ford Lightning all the way to all kinds of Porsches, and also the desirability of them, um, a lot of people were buying and flipping. And uh, that era is not over, but uh, it's time to beware that the uh, the era might be uh, you know not coming to an end. But you can't expect to to buy something and make 50% off of it the next day. Um, it's, you know, uh, both John Wiley did an article in um, uh, Haggerty, uh, Haggerty Insider, and I did one as well. We came at it from different ways. I talked to dealers and other people, and I've had some real feedback from people that said, uh, yeah, the days are over of the, uh, of the absolute flip for a whole bunch of cars. That's not to say it's over for everything, and it's not to say that there aren't cars you can buy that are actually worth more, but... Uh, the market is changing is what we're saying. Yeah, it's really fascinating because this has been going on forever. I remember even Miatas, you know, when they were brand new or catching a pretty good uh, premium. And I bet the 240Z was too, even in 1970, right? I mean, you were around then. You can remember, right? <laughs> I don't remember a premium on it, but, you know, the premium would have been a dollar fifty. okay? I yeah, mean, yeah, okay. It's a, it's a different world. So, okay, uh, but, but there was like, there was like a, a, a premium for Rivians. You know, yes. I was like, what the, what's the hot thing for a moment? And you were telling me that you're, even F-150 Lightnings, the electric pickup, they're now selling at a discount when they were selling a buff sticker, right? Yeah, I, I saw one with a, what you could call a $20,000 swing because uh, there were uh, people who were asking 10 over for, uh, you know, for some of the Lightnings. And I did see a, one dealer, uh, I was out in St. Louis over the weekend, and they were selling them for 10 off. So there's a $20,000 swing. That's a lot of money when you're buying a pickup truck. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do. Um, it's pretty baffling considering that both of those companies said, we are going to fill this pipeline with as many as we can sell. So yeah, it was yeah. never going to be rare. What What is your, you know, over your time, you know, Porsche seems to be able, they just came out with this Sport Chrono 911. And I don't know, Dave, I think this may be the end of the party for them because up until now, they've been able to come up with these special models and they immediately trade for more than are for sale. They offer them to their special clients. This Sport Chrono is a rear-wheel drive with a two, you know, bigger turbo motor than the regular 911, but it's double the cost. And um, I don't know. It feels like the people are starting to feel like they're getting ripped off by Porsche. This may be the end. Yeah, what I do don't you know. Think? I don't know about that. I mean, I think that uh, uh, you know, there's there's always been a, well, not always, but in the last few years, there's been a premium for all the hot models of uh, and AKA the more performance oriented models of Porsches as well as other cars. Uh, but 
you know, they build them in limited supply. So they're, they're controlling the supply and demand, whereas Ford or Rivian, they want to pump out as many of those son of a guns as they can. So there's a little bit different uh, of difference there. But yeah, I think a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, why should I pay 20, 30, 40, 50 uh, percent over for a lot of these cars? I don't know if the era is over. I don't think it will. I think there's still, I mean, it, it's ending now, but I, I think there's going to be a little bit of, hey, why don't I just wait six months and I can get one when production ramps up, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's such uh, so interesting because it, it's psychology. And of course, humans are irrational beings, so you can't predict it. But, you know, when I look back at the Carrera GT, the Porsche that they couldn't sell, they said they were going to make a thousand of them roughly. And they had a hard time moving them. I, and now they're trading way, way above what they sold for new. On the flip side, right now, any of these 911 variant models, they say they're going to make a thousand and only a thousand is Sport Prana being one. They seem to sell quite robustly. So we're just in some sort of different era where people are still feeling scarcity more so than they did 15 years ago. Is that making any sense? Yeah, but it's controlled scarcity. I mean, the you know, the people who make them are controlling that. And so, uh, you know, Z06 Corvette, we haven't gone there. Um, you know, uh, yeah, good you know, one. One, of, one of those cars you could buy and flip instantly. Even actually any Corvette of the first, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the Gen 8 cars. Uh, but that's gone now for those. And the Z06s, I'm, I, we're seeing some a little bit of weakness. You can't buy one at list. You can't reliably buy one at list right now. But that day might be coming. Might be coming sooner than we think. See, what happens yeah. is when the flippers get out, when the people with the deposits who say, hey, I put $500 down when the car comes in, we'll see how the market is. If they don't think they can make money, then that car just goes right to the dealer showroom. So that's going to be interesting right. to see. I, you know, there's a whole bunch of things out there. Uh, you know, I, I was at my local Ford dealer and saw they were asking 40 over for a Raptor. And, uh, you know, that, oh, wow. those, them days are gone. Them days are gone. So, uh, you know, if you went in and offered them lists, they'd probably, uh, you know, throw in the floor mats at this point. I don't know that for sure. Just speculating. But, you know, that's the that's the way the market goes. It's and a high-stakes game, Dave. There you go. And we You have, think you're going to flip with these new cars, man. You're rolling the dice. Yeah, well, I, you know, for some, the dice roll is a little more dicey than others. How's that? You know, we did have a uh, car that sold on Bring a Trailer or did not sell on Bring a Trailer, a, a uh, 2023 uh, Ford um, Outer Banks edition. Uh, it was a $62,000 list. as a car with, let me check the miles here. I think it was 300 miles, maybe even less. Good colors and everything else. And it failed to sell below that. It failed to sell at 59.5. And this was on the eighth, uh, July eighth. Oh, you know, wow. uh, we're only uh, we're only what talking on the eleventh or the twelfth here, I guess. So uh, you know, uh, no excuses. Brand new car, factory list. Uh, looking at it right now, sixty three four ninety five looks like. Uh, only got to fifty nine thousand dollars. So uh, buyer beware if you're buying it to flip. If you're buying it to keep, it's a hell of a nice, uh, hell of a nice car. Uh, 20... So six months ago, you're saying this would have sold for above sticker, most likely, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, it's Outer Banks wow. uh, V6 four door. It's got the removable top. You know, the doors come off, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's still summertime. Let me remind you. So uh, yeah, you know, it's the time to have one of these things. So so the Broncos, hotly anticipated model. They had all through the pandemic severe, severe shortages of uh, chips. So right. these cars sat in lots. I mean, I mean you you saw the things up, up in uh, the blog post and everything with acres and acres of these things just waiting. 
you know, a friend of ours, Colin Comer, got one and it had sat in that dirt lot for seven months and his car was filthy. I mean, it had dirt everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's how the pent up demand was. But just in six months, wait, what I think you're saying is, nope, that demand has been filled. Now these are just performing like any other new car. Hey, guys, you know, supply meets demand when they're still building them. And, you know, guess what's coming out next? The 2024 Ford Bronco Outer Banks, if they make it. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if they're going to make the Outer Banks edition. I'm sure they're going to make a 2024 uh, Ford Bronco V6 four-door. So, uh, you know, if you're buying to flip, you know, buyer beware. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So we moved into the opening bid segment. Thank you very much for that great little segue, Dave. And that was one you're of the cars welcome. that- I know you wanted to talk about because uh, it does uh, bring up to mind, you know, some of the risks in doing that. And uh, the other one, though, that you have in there that I think is super interesting is that 250LM. And um, tell us about this car. Tell us about why you wanted to talk about it. Well, this was a sale in France by uh, Arcurial, uh, which is, uh, you know, probably the best known of the uh, of the European houses that sell uh, automobiles, the European specifically French, I guess I should say Bonhams is better known, uh, but it sold for uh, fifteen million seven seventy one, um, which I'm sorry, that's in euro. So in dollars, uh, I think it's seventeen thousand uh, seventeen million one sixty five in dollars. Um, this car was listed as a no sale not too terribly long ago by the same auction house at something like twenty two twenty three million. Oh uh, wow. They brought it back and decided this time they're going to sell it, and that's what it brought. Now, this car has zero race history. Very, very, very important yeah. in the world of Ferrari LMs. I mean, you know, they're, they're uh, the 250 LM named after the Le Mans. Um, so this was kind of, you know, maybe your backup car. There's something good to be said for that because it's never an as, ra- as raced, that's, as that's crashed what I read. version. Yeah. But this it's is pristine. cheap money. This is cheap money. It's seventeen one sixty five, which is I'm pulling that out of my head. I think that's right. But you have to keep in mind in Europe you have to pay the value added tax. So that's another maybe seventeen percent on top of it, which boom puts us in the twenty million dollar range. Uh, this is where the Ferrari market is bonkers. It makes no sense to me. The predecessor to this car, the two fifty GTO, which uh, you know, had what, two or three series, they they're sixty, seventy million dollar cars. Right. Sure. right. And then the 250 LM, the car that came right after it, won Le Mans in 65, this model did. It was the first mid-engine uh, Ferrari. Still had the Colombo V12. It was fantastic looking. You don't have this big heavy engine over the steering wheels because it's manual, so you could actually drive it. I I don't understand why these, um, they just seem very undervalued to me. And I think you're saying the same thing. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, you know, there haven't been a lot of sales. Everybody knows about the GTO and the GTO club. And keep in mind, that's, you know, 50, 60 people who own GTOs who go out and regularly drive them. Uh, some of them actually own replicas of their own cars, which I just love. They, you know, they, they, you know if you have a $60 million car, you can afford a couple million to make a replica of your car, right? So, right. uh, you know, they'll take them out on events and they'll go, you know, uh, to wine, uh, you know, uh, wineries and, and uh, yeah. fantastic hotels and stuff like that. The LM doesn't have it. And let's be honest, the LM's got a lot more kind of complications to it. Uh, like I don't think it's as fun to, it's a mid-engine car. It's not the, yeah, it's so not what? the Ferrari formula. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you because I think we're both right on this one. 
the LM <laughs> should be worth more. Um, and when one I comes so. up with a great race history, I think we're going to see it, uh, you know, absolutely floor the crowds because I think the great race history would make a big, big difference in this car. Yeah. So um, I don't know what, what I wonder about is that uh, appreciation for this model going to change over time or not? And the billionaires, let's call it the billionaire boys clubs that, that sure. buy and sell these things. Um, that seems to me a group that is very um, concerned with the status and buying the right thing. And once something is hard and is not quite the right thing, like it appears as 250LM is, I'm not sure that we'll respond. It would take like the, the big papa in that world to buy one and, and talk about how great it is. And then everybody might jump in. I feel like there's a there's a sheep following in in that kind of market. And you've been watching it more than me. Am I onto something here or am I totally out the one? No, I think I think there's something to be said for it. I mean, you know, you 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 know, it, it's the velvet rope line thing, right? I mean, no one's yeah. really created the ooh, I have an LM, and so does you know Bill Gates. I mean, you know, he doesn't, right. but yeah, you know, exactly. whatever. Yeah. So does this this Hollywood star or something like that. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise or whatever, and then you know, then that train would would head out down out of the station at full steam. But yeah. uh, but right now, you're right. I mean, you know, there's there's a good argument to be made for this car should be worth more than the twenty million. I'm going to count this car as a bargain. Uh, uh, me you too. Know, when you add when you add in the uh, the value added tax on this, I'm going to count it as a bargain. It's a real car. Uh, you know, unknown history since new, and unlike the race cars, it probably has more original parts than the race cars. It just never had a you know a famous uh, famous driver having his butt in the in the seat of the car and uh, was pounded for 24 hours at uh, at Le Mans or whatever. So yeah, I've never driven any of these. Um, let's be straight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I've heard uh, several things. The 250 GTO had a front engine V12, very heavy, heavy engine over the steering. Steering is manual, so it's going to be heavy to steer. You know, this car, of course, the front end is going to be a lot lighter. And then Chinetti Jr., so this car was uh, raced by uh, Luigi Chinetti Sr., and he's the one actually, I think his team won Le Mans 65. Nart, with, yeah, the North American yeah, race team. Yeah, North American, exactly. with a 250LM, and they had one at the dealership. Uh, Jr. told me, he's like, you, that was the best car that Ferrari made in the 60s. He said he drove the thing everywhere, drove it in the snow, drove it to Chicago, from New York, all over the place. So that's kind of where that's flavored my thinking of it. He's a huge fan of these things, and I think he would know. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Can, the Kennedy name in America is is synonymous with, uh, or was synonymous with Ferrari for a very, very long time, all throughout my childhood. So, uh, But, of course, that was when the earth was cooling, as we all know, so. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of Ferraris, we have a production Ferrari that was uh, offered and sold on uh, Bring a Trailer, a 67 Ferrari 330 GTC. I happen to think the GTC is one of the most versatile of Beautiful the 60s. Car. Yeah, versatile of the 60s Ferrari. They actually had a further series called the 365 GTC, which they made very, very few of. But uh, this car was on Bring a Trailer and sold for uh, $678.01. I, I want to know who put the extra dollar in there to make sure that they got it. Uh, $678,000. Looks like a really, really nice one. No news here um, other than the fact that uh, this is basically what the price was in our price guide. So no surprises here. But it's always good to see that uh, you know uh, a lot of these cars are going for the expected number. Uh, you know, It's got a, the Classic A Red Book. It's got all the right stuff. 
it's not a perfect car, but it's a really, really good example in great colors and kind of that, uh, I'm going to just say Grigio of some sort, uh, you know, the gray with the uh, tan leather. I really like the GTCs. I've driven a lot of them uh, because back in the day they were uh, less than valuable cars. Uh, they come with things like air conditioning, a Becker AM, FM cassette, all that sort of stuff. Not all of them have it, uh, but it also has last car to have the knockoff wheels, the wire wheels, because when the Daytona came out, uh, they went with the disc wheels because of the extra torque and power. They were worried about wire wheels. Bet you didn't know that. I did not know that, but I agree. I mean, there seems like there's a lot of these, let's call them streetcar Ferraris of this era. Some have weird proportions, you know, to make sure larger rear seats. This one doesn't have that. It's uh, quite a good looking car. You get the basic seam driveline that was powering all the race cars at the time, right? The Colombo V12 with a five speed stick. You got it. And your front engine, yeah. this happens to be a two seat car as opposed to a four seat car, like the uh, two plus two would be in the same uh, market. Uh, so it's basically, you could think of it as a 330 GTS coupe. Uh, the GTS being the Spider, very similar cars, although not the same because, you know, the coachwork was the, you know, kind of looked the same at the front, but uh, deviated a lot in the rear. But yeah, uh, we, like, we, we talked cars. about a Buono not too long ago, and this is a much better looking car. Uh, I mean, I'm I get gonna, I, I'm going to have to agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. And the Buono is worth more, right? Uh, yeah, at this present time it is. I don't know why. I, I'd so much prefer a GTC. Uh, just There's absolute. such a pecking order in the Ferrari status community, like we were just talking about before. And it's really interesting. It doesn't always have to do with the merits of the car. It's just what that group perceives as valuable, right? I mean, as, as a watcher, that's what I see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I own a Ferrari that's, uh, you know, out of favor right now, and I love it, and nobody's going to convince me otherwise. And I think that's the way anybody should own any car. I mean, if you're into the coolness of the blank, uh, go for it. And, you know, kind of speaking of the coolest car that you and wait, I should wait, have Dave, bought. Wait, wait, Dave, can I, yeah. because I, I am in your boat, right? Okay. I have, I bought the ugliest of Ugly Duckly Ferraris. I happen to love it. It's yeah. a 75 308 GT4. Yeah. This car, that same Trinity Jr. I was talking about, I asked him what he thought when he saw it. He goes, holy, sh that was the worst thing ever. I immediately called my dad and said, it's time to sell the dealership. Rory's lost its mind. But <laughs> as our friend Camisa just pointed out on our YouTube series, if you want a 308, it's the one to have. It's longer wheelbase. It's got none of the stuff that the later 308 had. The, uh, fuel injection, it had higher weight. They made fewer of them. There's only 1,500, yet they're worth less than the Magnum PI 308 car. So, yeah, I was just uh, going to say you could drive it without having a mustache. I mean, it, you don't have to be Magnum <laughs> PI to, to drive that car. Uh, you know, very much unloved cars, but, you know, that's the- They drive you know, well. If, if we have one thing that people should remember is that the unloved car of today uh, can become the most, you know, the, the most coveted car of 10 or 15 or 20 yeah. years from now. So- uh, you know, there well, you are. What Camisa pointed out, which I don't, I don't, I think is is worth pointing out, is everybody said, well, they Rory had it to sell this car, and they didn't like it, so they called it the Dino, and he didn't even want to put the Ferrari badge on it. And Camisa made the point: you got to be kidding me. Nothing was more important to Enzo Ferrari than his son Dino. Yeah, you know, he had yeah. two things in his know. bare office, and one of them was a picture of his son with a light over it. And to call the car Dino was the highest honor he could have done i agree oh, with him. absolutely i can't believe somebody would know so little about the history of ferrari to say that the dino was a 
you know, some sort of uh, diss, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, uh, Ferrari was devastated by this, the loss of his son. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. So you're uh, okay. So we've done the commercial for your car. So we've made well, it worth I, more I'm money. Just, so the, 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 cool well, the people fickle, like the fickleness La- of car people is comical. Cool That's people all. like Larry Webster, like the 308 Dino. You should and too. Camisa. He's got one too. Okay. Well, Camisa. You know, he totally is cool. I. You know, we 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 can exactly. agree on that. So yeah. So cool people like Jason Camisa <laughs> and Larry Webster own a Ferrari 308 Dino. You should buy one too. They, okay, you know, I'm, Dave, I'm, they're the best driving cars, uh, Ferraris in the 70s. I'm doing sure. that in my AMSR voice, okay? So that like people falling asleep watching, you know, listening to this will uh, we'll, we'll get the subtlety. They'll go out and they'll buy a Dino. The market will go up. You're going to be rich, Larry. Rich, I tell you. Well, I don't want to be rich. What I need, and I'm just going to ask you and anybody out there, we need somebody that can make us an exhaust with equal length pipes. It's a flat plane V8. It's transverse. It does not sound like it should. This same motor, when they swapped it north-south, I think in the 348, sounds awesome. So that's what we got to fix. Otherwise, okay. If your last name is Borla and you're listening, and you know, here's, <laughs> here's your market. Call Larry. He'll buy three sets right away. One okay, for Okay, Dave. Dave, thanks for indulging me. My side, my sideways. What were you going to talk about? I know you're trying to get me. Okay, so uh, the coolest car of the week for me, goes to the 76 Chevrolet K5 Blazer Cheyenne Chalet Camper 4x4. Now, uh, you know, hopefully uh, everybody's got a visual in their head and they're, you know, listening to the podcast. We're going to have that, uh, you know, that visual up there. Sold for $29,500, you know, uh, just a few days ago on Bring a Trailer. We're heavy on Bring a Trailer this week. I don't know why, but, you know, this one just fascinates me. This car was I, this car, this truck is a blazer with a slide-in camper bed from General Motors. Um, I've seen so many of these things out west, and the fiberglass is basically melted away in the sun in that great fiberglass way where it's got all the you know the webbing visible and all that sort of stuff. This yeah. one's a pretty darn nice one. It's got oh the plaid. It's got plaid seats. It's yeah, got plaid I mean, th- come on, twenty-nine-five, so well preserved. Yeah, people Why forget the first, the, the first-gen. The first gen blazers, you could remove the top. Oh yeah. So why didn't we cap. buy this? What what is wrong with us? I think it's thirty grand. Yeah. I mean, that just seems like a lot of money for that. I don't know. Great. Okay, you think this is um okay, how many people want this, right? That's always a a a good like, you know, what are you going to do? Are they going to camp okay. in it? I don't so, know. So it, it's me. I'm the publisher oh, of the Hagen like Price it. Guide. Okay. okay, okay. Uh, the editor of the Price Guide, uh, Greg Ingold, likes these. And then the guy who bought it. So there's three people in the world who like <laughs> these. So, you know, it's a market. It's a real live market. So, uh, well, you know. Well, it's funny, Dave. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, they made, this is a special version of the Blazer. They made hundreds and hundreds and thousands of the K5 Blazer. The funny thing is that that really hides how many survived in original condition like this so yeah, even though yeah. there's that's not that many left so that's just two thousand or whatever thirty thousand is a great deal because it's a very rare car yeah i think it's incredibly rare because like i said a lot of people just took the thing off and, and basically threw it away when they were done with the camper and you know campers get kind of grody after a while let's just, oh my let's gosh, just do tell the truth here so uh, <laughs> you know if this if this you know if this one was used for hunting uh, you don't want it end of end of end of uh, you know end of sentence because uh, you know it, 
obviously everybody goes hunting. They really just go to drinking, and so it would have been a mess. So anyhow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, a nicely preserved one of these. I think that this is a real, uh, you know, everybody's going to look at it and have fun and, and got some, uh, maybe some memories, not about this one. They were kind of rare back in the day. I mean, I saw a few on the road, but I don't remember the camper seeing any ones. in lots. Yeah, the camper ones. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. But, you know, um, th- what's interesting here, I think, is that this camper is probably, how many are out there that are still in this shape? I mean, a handful. But it really did not add to the price of this Blazer as sold today because of pristine blazer of the same year is probably going to go for around 30 grand itself right yeah you're absolutely right so uh, you know, yeah I don't so think that's they what's weird a, about this they didn't pay a big premium on this if they paid any premium at all so no not to get the camper but i mean just looking at that interior with that plaid seat and how nice a shape it is i mean i'd like to know how much they redid it but the underside looks like it was a desert car i mean Amazing machine, and I see what you mean. You're saying great, great bargain. So yeah, why didn't you buy it, Dave? What were you doing? You know, I was busy with something else. Uh, you know, whatever. I, you know, I, I'm going to make an announcement in two weeks about the car that I bought, so everybody can, uh, you know, can can make fun of me. But I'm, you know, I haven't. Is it another the, Avanti? The check has not been cashed yet, shall we say? So uh, uh, I'm no, I'm not saying no, no hints, and no I agree. hints at all. You never want to talk about a deal until you've got the car because you're jinxing it, right? Absolutely. There's something that's going to happen, so I'm not, I'm not talking about it. But you can rib me about it in two weeks. How's that? I can't wait. All right. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the uh, upcoming auctions. This is our uh, section where we talk about cars that are for sale right now and are kind of interesting. What's on your list first, Dave? Well, I'm going to skip around a little bit because uh, you know we got four cars to talk about. Uh, I'm going to go right to the Haggerty Marketplace and talk about a 97 uh, Cadillac Eldorado that's for sale now. 97 is kind of the strange-looking year to me, or you know that mm, that era is strange-looking. Yes, unique. And it has, uh, and it has uh, uh, the North Star V8. We don't need to talk about that. Everybody knows about the North Star. Um, but it's got seven days ending. It's got 1,584 views, and it's at 1,600 bucks, okay? It's oh, an Eldorado. Wow. It's an Eldorado. Yeah. You know, uh, go go take a look at this because, uh, uh, like I said. I saw it. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's it's the right color, right? green. And this this yep. is the height of luxury. Like yep. you're so uh, wealthy, you don't even need to carry anybody. So you're only going to get a two door. Yeah, you're, you're, that's the way you roll. Yeah, so yeah, this car, you know, it's a <clears throat> it's a New Jersey mobster special all day long. Oh no, and this is not- this is the refined mobster special. This is the son and daughter of mobster special. Come on now. Oh, uh, Okay. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's going to go for a great price, and there's tons of value in here because this was when. Cadillac was really re re uh, energized their engineering, and after the '80s and the cars were a little dodgy. Come the '90s, they were really making really good cars. Now this is not a Canyon car by any stretch, but super duper comfortable, great air conditioning. Right, it'll it'll yep. keep your beer cold, and um, it's just going to be a fun, interesting car for not a lot of money. I agree. Do you I see bought, these going up? Well, I bought one of these. No, I don't. Not for a while. They will in a while, but uh, it's yeah. a it's a buy and hold car. I bought one of these for my father-in-law back in the day. Um, he had nothing but AMC cars and Nashes. I mean, you know, because he oh, was wow. an old guy. And uh, I told him about it, and he said, I just don't see myself as a Cadillac man. And I said, are you waiting for somebody to give you permission to buy a Cadillac? And I and he said, well, maybe that's what it is. I said, Bill, you can buy a Cadillac. It was the happiest oh. thing he ever did. I'm serious. No he, kidding. He thanked me a thousand times. He said, that, that he Cadillac- liked it. 
He drove it to Florida and back like nine times. No maintenance. Oh, yeah. None at all. It was great. So, anyhow. Dave, um, I like the idea of you in, in this big caddy because I like the nickname that keeps feeling like it's going to stick for you is Big Papa. It just is, Dave. <laughs> all right, I'll. I'll uh, yeah, I'm coming to. Uh, I'm coming to uh, 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 Monterey, and I'll bring fake hundred dollar bills so we can just make it rain. How's that? Okay, that sounds good. I can't wait. We got a uh, another one that's for sale right now. Uh, back to bring a trailer, a forty nine hundred mile uh, uh, Dodge Viper, uh, four, uh, 2014 model SRT Viper Coupe. This is a car with a difference. It's already at seventy nine grand. Um, yeah, a lot of money, um, but a lot of car. And you know, this was totally. back in the back in the era when you know they were making the last Viper, and then you know, wait, we're gonna make some more, and then we're gonna make some more, and you know, whatever. And the funny thing was, I fat fingered this the other day, and I said two thousand. <laughs> I just went on a search, two thousand twenty four Viper, and there were like ten articles about Dodge Bringo well, Stellantis bringing the Viper back, and I'm like laughing because it's like, yeah, probably not gonna happen, but you never know. This is the car that wouldn't die Dodge style, so it's been back. A really nice looking car, uh, silver with the, uh, the the gray interior. Worth checking out. Yeah, this this generation Viper has such a great backstory, and I remember because um, we wrote about it in our book, Never Stop Driving. And you remember Chrysler was one of those that went bankrupt in '08, and they had like a shotgun marriage with Fiat. They were killing <laughs> everything that wasn't making money. And this was Marchione, you know, who's passed away, but, you know, he really is kind of what saved it. And Ralph Gilles, who's now head of Stellantis Design, super duper car guy, they right. gave this to, he was not in a year, but they gave it to him to say, see what you can do. And there was a whole, he told me, a, just a real internal skunk works group that said this car cannot die. Yeah. And, and also another they, car that should never exist because why would a big it, car right. company make this? And I love that backstory. <laughs> But he, they made it. They made it. They talked the bosses into it. And then I remember when it rolled up on an auto show stage and Ralph went up there and he kissed the fender. And it was so meaningful. He's just like, yeah. he told me he was driving it up on the stage crying because they, they'd worked so hard and so late. They wanted this car to uh, survive. And so, you know, to your point, it's already highly valued with a lot of time left. But I mean, if you think about the car for the money, it's 640 horsepower. It's an all-aluminum V10. It's a six-speed gearbox. You know, it'll drift for days, super fast. Um, it's going to be a huge car, I think, um, in the future as well. I think these cars, especially, you remember those ACR versions of this? Oh, yeah. Rockets, absolutely. Absolute yeah. track There's some monsters. Great, I mean, you know, I, I think the Viper, you know, I, you know, why do we do this to ourselves? We make great cars in the United States, and then we, yeah. you know, we don't love them as much as we love the exotic European cars. And you know, that goes for Corvettes, that goes for Vipers. Um, there's some great buys in Vipers. I mean, I, I think that you know, out there you can buy the most basic early Viper that will rattle your teeth out, and you'll smile the whole time. You know, when you're driving it to some very complicated cars later on and some great, uh, you know, kind of limited editions that they did towards the end. Some of them a little bit, you know, maybe too much, but uh, but still great cars. I mean, the limited edition part of it was too much, not the car itself. Yeah, those first gen cars, I think, trade in the 30s. And yeah. that makes sense to me because they're terrifying. I mean, they don't even go straight. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they absolutely are. But I'm very first. <laughs> A whole bunch of us want that in a car, right? Yeah, maybe you want that. I mean, I just remember driving one. I was in Michigan. The thing was all over the road. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
you could kill somebody. Yeah, exactly. But I guess that's part of the fun. So yeah, it's going to be a big sale, and uh, deservedly so. But then the ECRs are probably the one you want of this generation for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Hey, 1978 Honda Civic CVCC Coupe at Meekum Harrisburg. Now that's local to me, <laughs> so I can drive to that sale. Now why would I pick this, Larry? Think about this. Why would I pick this? I could guess if it's a technological tour de force. They were beating emission regs without cats. They had a really innovative combustion system. Yeah, yeah, CVCC. And you are precise. You know. I'm starting to think that you're smarter than I actually thought you are. So that's no, really Dave, that's great. wrong. No. Okay. 16,500 miles on this bad boy. Um, we had one when I was a kid. Uh, my dad bought one, uh, not because of the CVCC. It changed everything when this came, when this car came out. Well, the American car companies and a bunch of other car companies were lobbying around the world about environmental control saying, you know, the cars are getting fatter. They're getting, you know, whatever. We can't make it work. Here's this little small company yep. out of uh, Japan called Honda, you know, known for motorcycles, but not for motorcycles. And they kicked ass with this car. I mean, that's the only way to describe it. They did it through engineering and not through base horsepower and not through putting all kinds of horsepower on and then subtracting from it by taking emission <laughs> controls and adding it on. So I, I think this is this is one of those cars that should be up there with, uh, you know, with the Ford Model A and the Model T and everything else. It was a game changer. Now, oh, we absolutely. Both, we both yeah. agree on this, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, my connection to these is, is a little bit different, very personal. One of those times I was doing something that I don't think anybody should do, but I was hitchhiking. It was Ooh. late at night. I was Ooh. outside of Wilmington, Delaware. And one of these pulls up. And, and Hunter Biden was inside. Oh, wait. No, that's a different story. No, this guy had... He was so big, Dave, he'd taken out the driver's seat, was sitting in the driver in the back seat. Oh, no. And I was so scared. I was like, uh, thanks, man, but I'm going to walk. I'm going to shut the door and ran. I don't know. It just so unnerved me. Does that make me a bad person? He was this I guy think trying I, to help me and I rejected I, him. I think when they do the 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 Larry, uh, when they do the movie about you, Larry, that's going to be like the opening scene, don't you think? Yeah, I still to this day. But I mean, to all your points, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel so bad. I wish that guy was just trying to be nice. It was like one thirty in the morning. There might have been a few bars before this. I mean, who knows? You know, I was really, <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe he was out for something nefarious, and my radar the, the did me well. The night of Larry's dreams turns into <laughs> the night of Larry's nightmares. Well, it, it was a nightmare. I was by myself hitchhiking. <laughs> didn't know where I was. Trying to get back over to Baltimore. So anyway, um, it was this car a six shift? By the way, the one for uh, sale. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go double check. It's a four speed manual, yes, sir, and it's blue, oh, wow. which is you know perfect uh, perfect color for the era, right? It's sixteen thousand five hundred miles. These cars do not exist. I know, and it's a unicorn, but it's so hard to put a value on it because yeah, it's still at the end of the day, what eighty three horsepower, yeah. and yeah. you know they do shift really nice, they drive really well, they you sort of get that that initial impression like, oh wow, in nineteen seventy eight, Honda was making things above and beyond. This is when the Japanese were really starting to say like, we're coming for you, America, and it's not going to be pretty. Like yeah. this was the, the Trojan horse in many ways. Um, yeah, in a lot of ways it was. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, you know what? If I was an accurate dealer right now, I'd be bidding on this. I'd be in Harrisburg bidding on this and put this in the showroom uh, or a Honda dealer, either one, and just say, "Yeah, this is kind of where it all came from." You can have your oh, Honda six hundred. You can have your beat. Yeah. 
you can have all this, but this was the production car they sold the living you-know-what's out of. So uh, that's can you daylight, make a guess? Daylights, by the way. What yes. do you think? What's your guess going to be? I'm I'm going to say ten grand. I'm going to say sixteen five. Uh, so, Whoa! Yeah, one uh, one dollar for I mean, sorry, ten cents for each mile. Sixteen thousand five hundred miles. Sixteen thousand five hundred dollars. So there you I go. I tell you what, Dave, Dave, Dave. Dollar if for a you mile. You go. Can you go to this auction and then I'm in for six, and but, then if it happens to go for twelve, you and I we split it. Would you do if, that for me? If I'm there, uh, that'll happen. But uh, somehow I think I might be otherwise engaged that weekend. So sorry about that. You you could figure something out. Big Papa yeah. knows. He's, he knows people. <laughs> hey, let's let let's wrap this thing up with a Corvair. What do you say? Oh my gosh, I love Corvairs. Tell me, uh, sixty-four Corvair Monza nine hundred. It's a two-door, um, sixty-four. Uh, you know, does does almost everybody my age have a connection with a sixty-four? Uh, you know, uh, uh, the Monza nine hundred or just a Monza? I know I Why? do. I re- I remember everyone's mom had one, and you know, back in my day. Uh, this is car again at uh, Haggerty Marketplace. Fourteen hundred dollars with nine days left to go. Uh, Sixteen hundred and ninety-four views right now. While I'm looking at it in real time, uh, red. Uh, yeah, it's 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 everything you'd want in a uh, in a kind of inexpensive collector car. Um, you know, these cars were really advanced engineering for their time. Totally. Everybody, you know, Ralph Nader, Ralph Nader, Ralph Nader, you know, all that sort of stuff. But uh, hey. Fourteen hundred bucks. You can't have more fun for the money. I these are totally unappreciated cars. Um, you know, for the reason you get it. it's a flat six, just like a nine eleven yep. aluminum, air cooled. Yep. yep. They're for the time, and you drive any American car from the mid sixties. They are lumbering heffalumps. They're terrible. You drive <laughs> this thing, it's light. It feels like a Beetle. The steering's it stops. You know, I have a lot of history with Corvairs because I did a video where I tried to see if it would flip. I wanted to see how bad it was because that's what- I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody was saying that, uh, you know, in Nader's book, um, Unsafe at Any Speed, where he talked about a lot of things in addition to the Corvair, he actually called the VW bus the the most dangerous of them all. You know, right? You're in this little tin can with only 37 horsepower. Sure. He was right. Um, (laughs) And these cars, uh, they oversteer. And what that means, as soon as you turn the wheel- if you turn it, uh, if you corner fast enough and whatever you do, the back end's going to slide. It's yeah. the nature of the rear suspension geometry. And I just think that caught everybody off guard. And the accidents were bad because they'd go into the ditch backwards. They might roll. And of course, the roofs weren't very strong, crushed people, a lot of deaths. I mean, it was unfortunate. Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, speaking of rear wheel drive cars that uh, with uh, strange suspension geometry, the, the, Somehow the Porsche 911 survived as well from this first original. Yeah, from those first original series. This thing's claimed uh, like a thirty-seven thousand mile car. Um, you know, in in uh, sold new in Wisconsin. Come on, check it out. So yeah, I mean, the, uh, but, also the, go ahead. Well, Dave, you know, th- one of the things about cars is, especially old cars that, that need to be considered, is the amount of club support. Oh yeah, and the Corvair has a super active club. The, the folks here in Michigan and the Corvair, they actually are so active. They go out every couple of months, and the group of them, if they know of a Corvair, sit in the garage, it's not running, the owner can't get it running, they go fix it for the owner just so it's out there working. I mean, a big knowledge base. Yeah, super cheap. I mean, again, like the, like the Cadillac you were talking on Haggerty Marketplace, this is just one of those cars you could have a lot of fun with, and it's never going to hurt you. 
What are you going to find? Yeah, yeah I, I think well, the, our assignment for everybody is to check out the uh, the, uh, the Viper Coop on uh, on uh, uh, Bring a Trailer and also the uh, the car at uh, Meekum Harrisburg. Um, you know, it's a it's a fun sale. Uh, you know, all the Meekum sales are fun. And uh, then the two cars on Haggerty Marketplace. So, uh, but uh, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, sale. I want to see what the uh, I really want to see what the uh, Honda Civic sells for. Yeah, uh, my assignment would be go drive a Corvair. You just need to kind of know what they're about, and you know, there's a reputation. Go watch our video on on Haggerty YouTube. You can kind of get a better sense. You know, a lot of those cars. I think that Corvair was a sacrificial lamb. It definitely had flaws, but all cars did at that time. They were pretty dangerous. So, you know, it ushered in. Nader's book really got people thinking in a way that I think in hindsight was useful, but it was painful oh, for sure. a car. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it was a death knell, but uh, but but people started thinking, look, uh, you know, we, we have better cars every single year, and it's, uh, you know, because we, you know, we care about things like that. Um, and so you know, whatever the fun cars from the fifties and sixties, it's a, it's a completely different animal and we enjoy that as well. Yeah. So Dave, you know, we're in the middle of July, we're about a month away from sort of the biggest, you, one of the largest times for United States classic car auctions that the Monterey week that ends with Pebble beach. I am feeling a lot of optimism, uh, coming into this auction. How, I mean, the cars that are going to be for sale are, there's a lot of stuff, pretty incredible machinery. Is this people you think going, I'm going to get the highest I can right now because things are going to change or is this just the general kind of froth in the market? Wow. Uh, interesting question. Okay. I, I know that, uh, I think that things will do very, very well at, at Pebble. I don't think we're going to be coming out of Pebble with, uh, you know, wringing our hands about anything. Um, I do think that the marketplace is changing, but then again, the marketplace always changes. You can say sure. that about, you know, just about any market. Um, I think it's going to be happy days at uh, Pebble. I'm concerned about, uh, you know, the time after, but, uh, like I said, I've always said this, my, uh, my crystal ball was made by Lucas. It's out for repair again. So I'm, I'm not real sure what's going to happen, but that reminds us all to buy what we like buy what we enjoy and drive those cars. Oh yeah, totally. Like you, you've got your unloved Ferrari. I've got my unloved Dino, but I just love it. I don't really, not concerned. It's not why I bought it. Anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? Thanks everybody for listening. Yes. Car show, car show season. So get out, even if you go to the local one, even if you go to the, you know, the show and shine, even if you go to the cars and coffee, which are always great, always fun. Uh, if there's a local, uh, you know, if you're local to a Concorde, get your butt over there and, uh, you know, take a look at some cars, talk to some car peoples, have have some fun while the sun is still shining in most of North America. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. It's great chatting with you. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy this time, and we'll catch you next time on No Reserve. You take care.